Um, tonight, now, I had uh, some things in my heart I wanted to share with you, so um, I want to look at several scriptures this evening, and, and we'll just kind of see where we head in this specific direction, but I just uh, have been impressed in my, in my heart uh, to talk to you along the lines of mercy. So let's just begin in Ephesians chapter 2, and let's look at verse 4. Ephesians, the second chapter and the fourth verse, you know, um, as you look at different definitions for the word mercy, uh, it means to love, to love deeply, to have mercy, to be compassionate, uh, to have tender affection or to have compassion. And then I looked at uh, Noah Webster's uh, dictionary from the 1800s. And I like this because he uses scripture a lot of times when he defines different words. But basically, he says this, that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart, which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. In this sense, there is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. That which comes nearest to it is grace. It implies benevolence, tenderness, mildness, pity or compassion, and clemency. But exercise only toward offenders. Mercy is a distinguishing attribute, of course, as he says, of the supreme being. And we know that that is our Father. So tonight now, um, be open in your spirit because there's some things here this evening that will most definitely apply to you, but also write the scriptures down because these truths are so important for you to know as a Christian, as a mature believer, really, so that you can uh, make sure that you're ready to minister the mercy of God and the compassion of the Lord to other people. Okay? So in Ephesians, uh, the second chapter, and uh, we'll look at verse 4. We'll have a good Bible study tonight. Amen? How many of you enjoyed the Hankins being with us? Wasn't it a lot of fun? And I, I think that that material is going to be ready in the bookstore for you sooner or later. So it was excellent. But Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. And of course, the context that the Apostle Paul is using here in the uh, book of Ephesus in his letter to the Ephesians, he's talking about how that God quickened them. And made them allied together with Christ. And he talks about in times past you did this and you did that. But God. Aren't you glad? But God. Aren't you glad that God is rich? Well, what is he rich in? He's rich in mercy. He is rich in compassion. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. And one of the things that I was really impressed with was a couple thoughts. Number one. There is mercy for your mistakes. Mercy for your mistakes. Now, we've all made them. We don't want to camp down and center in on all the mistakes that we've made. But aren't you glad that His mercy was there for you when you made a mistake? In Hebrews, the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, it says this. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain what? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. And so when I say mercy for your mistakes, that's not only 
uh, in the area of mercy for when we miss it, when we fall short of the glory of God or when we sin and miss the mark, but also just for mistakes that we make sometimes in life. How many of you have ever just made a mistake before? And you sort of wish maybe you hadn't done that and definitely wish you hadn't done that. But thank God his mercy is right there for you. And his mercy will, hallelujah, get you back on the right track. So mercy for your mistakes. So let's track this through a little bit. Let's look at some verses in the book of Psalms. Psalms 51. And notice with me in uh, verse 1. Psalms 51 and verse 1. Of course, you understand that this is a huge subject and you could preach months on it. But notice this. David says, and this is what we can say, have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, uh, according unto the multitude. Now, notice of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Aren't you glad that your transgressions weren't just blotted out? Hallelujah. But you've been cleansed. By the blood of the Lamb. Say with me, I've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. But I want you to know that David had a heart after God. David surely made plenty of mistakes. David certainly missed the mark. David certainly sinned. But he knew who to go to for mercy. Amen? Now look at Psalms 94, verse 18. Psalms 94 and verse 18. Psalms 94:18 says, "When I said my foot slips, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up." Can you testify tonight? When your foot slipped, when you made a mistake, that He held you up. He is the one who upholds all things and all people by the wonderful word of His power. Now look at Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Say it with me, mercy. For my mistakes. And this is good to minister to, to, to people because sometimes the devil will really sow a lot of condemnation into people's lives. People that are insecure about their walk with the Lord. And because they've made mistakes, they think God's all upset and all perturbed with them when in reality he loves them. And so then you can be an ambassador then of good news, an ambassador of mercy. Yeah. Amen? And Proverbs 28 and uh, verse 13, it says this. Now, he that covers his sins shall not prosper. He that covers his sins shall not increase. He that covers his sins shall not experience the will of God and the plan of God. But notice the next part of the verse. Read it with me. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Okay, so... Not only the, the confession of it, you know, a lot of people confess their sins because they want to get that sense of guilt off of them, but they're not really ready to forsake their sin, yeah. you know. And so forsaking the sin means repenting and turning. And so the person that confesses and forsakes their sin, what will they have? They will have mercy. And then let's look over at Micah chapter 7 and notice with me in verse 18. Micah, the 7th chapter, and the 18th verse. Thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. 
Micah's there somewhere, I know. It's on the screen. Okay, well, I'll get there sooner or later. Mercy, right? Let's read it together. Ready? Let's read. Who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever. He what? He's delighted when people come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. It delights him. He's not saying, oh, brother, it's you again. No, he's delighted to show mercy to his people. Now, a couple other scriptures you just write down. Uh, write Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 10 down. Look it up later. Deuteronomy 5 and verse 10. And then look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Okay? And then I want to look at this one. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Lamentations, the third chapter, and the 22nd verse. See, I'm not so swift tonight because I didn't write these down. Kind of got this thought a little bit later in the day. But in Lamentations 3.22, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies. Whoo, glory. See, some of us lived a lifestyle before Christ that... We could have very easily been consumed. Ketal? What does ketal mean? Hello? Hello? Thank you. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his what? Okay. His, his what? His passions, they don't fail. So when you see the word merciful, when you see the word mercy, you could interchange it with compassion. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They're new every morning. Glory to God. Somebody says, I missed it last night. Well, thank God they're new every morning. (laughs) Great. Come on, say it with me. Great is... Man, you could camp right there and shout all night. Know ye therefore the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and shows mercy to a thousand generations. They're new every morning. So I'm real glad. I, for one, am very glad for his mercy for mistakes. Now, secondly, the thing that the Lord impressed me with is this. Is mercy then for others' mistakes? Mercy's then for other people's mistakes. I'm so glad, you know, uh, in younger years of ministry when, when I was under certain people and, and they were sort of my elders in the Lord and, and I was kind of working for them in their ministry... You know what? I made some mistakes, and I made some stupid mistakes, but I'm so glad that people showed me mercy. Aren't you glad that, that, uh, you know, God doesn't have a great big fly swatter up there? (laughs) You know, these people that say, hey, God's going to get you for that. Well, if God was really going to get us for that, we'd have been done God long time ago, right? Say, we thank God for his mercy. 
But now mercy for other people's mistakes. You know, how many of you know that oftentimes people make, make mistakes just because they're human? Their hearts are right, but their heads can be wrong. Okay? And so to err is human, but to forgive is... Oh, that's deep. All right, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Notice with me in verse 7. This will help you, you know, because some of you are working out there in the marketplace. And, you know, people make some bonehead mistakes. Okay? Just because they make bonehead mistakes doesn't necessarily mean they're a bonehead. Now, they might be a bonehead. But mercy trumps that, right? Matthew chapter 5. Look at Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, what an awesome place. In, uh, in Israel, this great big beautiful hill with all sorts of plants and different things on them. And, and the hill was where the people were seated. And the master was down at the bottom of the hill. And he was speaking without a microphone. I mean, there was Holy Ghost acoustics there somehow, some way. And his voice just carried so beautifully and so wonderfully. And so in this great Sermon on the Mount, he talks about the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are they that this, and blessed are they that that. But in verse 7 of Matthew 5, notice with me, let's read it together. Blessed are the merciful. Do you want to obtain mercy? Then be merciful. Do you want to be shown compassion? Then be compassionate. Mercy for our mistakes, Mm -hmm. but then mercy for others' mistakes. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you, you don't deal with the issues, that you don't correct, but you do it in the spirit of Christ. You do it in the spirit of intentionally uh, lifting that person, giving them the knowledge of it, mm-hmm. instructing them, training them, and teaching them, but all the time showing mercy mm-hmm. and being graceful. That is being Christ-like. Yeah. You know, and as a parent, you've got to be merciful. <laughs> yeah. You know, your, your kids sometimes will, man, we don't want you to go there. So, mercy for others' mistakes. Now, here's the next one. Look at Luke chapter 10. And this is the next thought. Mercy for the hurting and mercy for the wounded. Mercy for the hurting and mercy for the wounded. Do you think there's any hurting people outside these walls? I know for a fact that there's hurting people inside these walls every Sunday. I know for a fact that, that people come from pretty tough situations and tough circumstances. And, you know, we never should have this attitude, well, just suck it up. You know, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just get over it? Well, you know, if you'd been through half of what they're going through currently, you wouldn't have such an attitude. Amen. Now, I'm not pointing fingers at you, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Now, in Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 30, we, we see, of course, this uh, wonderful story of 
the good Samaritan. Amen. Say it, I'm a good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verse 30, it says, um, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed him, leaving him half dead. We know that the thief is the devil. And there came a certain priest, a very religious man, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He was just too holy to get involved with their issues. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had mercy, compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Everyone say oil and wine. Oil and wine wine is a type of the Holy Spirit. It's a type of healing power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow he went and departed and took two pence and gave him to the host and said to him, Take care of him. Whatsoever you spend more, when I come again, I'm going to repay thee. Verse 36. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. And let's read the rest. Then said Jesus unto him, Go thou and do do likewise. Are you looking for a ministry? You know, a lot of people are looking for a ministry. I, I, I need a ministry. I have to, you know, I have to go preach. Just go outside the door. The world's your pulpit. Amen. The world is your is your ministry. You don't have to have a PhD or a reverend to go out there and just love people and just show mercy to. People. So there's mercy for hurting people. There's mercy for wounded people. I'm glad that when I was hurting and that when I was wounded, that God sent an ambassador my way. And I'm so glad. And you know, something interesting about the ambassadors and the ministers that he sent my way, they didn't go to Bible college. One of them had just gotten out of prison. And he had a room just down the hall from me at the treatment center. And he had just gotten out of prison, but he was seeking God and he was getting his life together. Friends, you don't have to be all together to go show mercy and to show compassion and show love. God used him. He'll use you. He'll use me. For sign, like John Osteen says, sign, dying, crying, humanity. Do we want to see the, his wonders in the deep that the book of Psalms talks about? His glorious wonders and signs in the deep very often is going to be to those that need them. Amen. And those are the ones oftentimes that are hurting and that they're wounded in life. I'm glad that we've got the oil. We would shout a lot about being anointed with fresh oil. Times of refreshing and we believe it with all of our heart. Days of heaven on earth. Greater glory. But this can be dispensed toward people that are in the world. Amen? And so then, mercy for hurting and wounded people. Turn back to Psalm 6 verse 2. Now, 
we could look at a lot of scriptures tonight, and you could think of several of them, um, how that Jesus was moved with what? How about that man? Was it the man in Matthew 8, the leper? He says, Lord, I know that you can heal me if you will. And Jesus said, I'm willing to be healed. But what was it that moved him to feed the multitude? What was it that moved him when he went to the, to the beer of the, of, the, of the coffin of that mother as she was going to bury her son? What was it that moved him? It was compassion. What was it that moved him to say, Lazarus! Come on out of there, boy. It was compassion. The Bible says that he looked at the harvest and he saw the multitudes. They were as sheep without a shepherd. And so what did he do? He went and taught. He went and preached. He went and healed. The things that motivated Jesus to do those things was the love for humanity, the love of God. Amen. Say, may love loves me. And the love of God, it is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. So have we got Psalm 6-2 down here? So the next thought is, is mercy for healing, mercy for feeding, mercy for being a blessing. Read it with me. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are waxed. So there's, there's mercy for healing. Now... Remember the man by the side of the road. When Jesus was passing by, he had heard that he was coming through town, but he was blind. And so he just cries out, Jesus, son of David, have what? Have mercy. Have mercy on me. Do you know what his disciples did? His disciples tried to silence them, him. But the Bible says, and of course this is in Luke chapter 10, so I'm paraphrasing it to you. But the Bible says, he cried out all the more. Luke chapter 18, actually. Now let's, let's look at what happened. Luke 18, verse 42 and verse 43. I'm heading somewhere here, so make sure you're paying attention. He says, you know, this is pretty elementary, Pastor. Yeah, but it's the simple truth that sets you free. And it's the simple truth that keeps you free. Amen? So now, uh, Luke chapter 18. Notice this now. Yes, and look, you know, what do you want? What do you want? He cried out the more and said, oh, then I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, receive Thy sight, thy faith has what? Thy faith has saved thee. Of course, you know the word saved there also means healed. So his faith was involved in the healing. He cried out for mercy. Now look at verse 43. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. You know, when demonstrations of his mercy are seen, people are going to praise him. Amen. People Amen. are going to give him glory. Now, I, I, got a, I got a glimpse of something here today as I was, as I was thinking and, 
and meditating about this mercy uh, for blindness. Mercy for blindness. And of course, this man in Luke 18, he was blind physically. He was blind physically. But we too often are blinded spiritually to his plan. In other words, there are things, I'm, now I know this is in my own life, there are many things that I should have seen, but I didn't see. There are many things that perhaps you should have seen, you should have known something about his plan, but you didn't see it, and you didn't know it. So we could say then, in that sense, we were blinded. Amen? Now, turn with me to Psalms 138. Because God's mercy <laughs> is available for those things we haven't seen. And God's mercy is available for those things we haven't known. And just because you haven't seen something yet doesn't mean you're not going to see it. Just because you haven't known some things perhaps you should have known doesn't mean you're not going to know it. Because I believe that the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing is available to every born-again, spirit-filled believer. And that's why Paul is praying that the eyes of your understanding, come on now. The eyes of your understanding, your spiritual eyes, you'd have sight that you would be flooded with light. How many of you know the entrance of the word gives light, but also the entrance of a word from the Holy Spirit gives you light? Yes, it, does. Amen. it becomes a rhema to your spirit. And once where you were blinded and you couldn't quite see and you couldn't quite put your finger on it, but now you see. Thank you, Lord. Say it with me, I once was blind. But now I see. And that's why I encourage you to pray constantly Ephesians prayers for yourself. Pray constantly Ephesians prayers for one another. You will see some things you've never seen before. But it was there all the time. Thank God he's removing the scales. Amen? And so... I saw this. Look at Psalms 138 and, and verse 8. Psalms 138 and uh, verse 8. Now let's read this together. Declare it. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Now notice. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the work <laughs> we got to just camp there for a minute. First of all, this is a confession we ought to be making every day of our lives. And that is this. The Lord is perfecting that which concerns me. He is perfecting every part of my life. Everything that concerns my life, the Lord is perfecting. The Lord is directing. Where there's correction that needs, the Lord is correcting. Say it with me real strong. The Lord is perfecting that which concerns me and then he goes into oh lord endure forever then he says 
you will never forsake the works of your hands. And this just went off in my spirit as I saw that. We are the work of his hands. We are his workmanship. We are the handiwork of God. Created in Christ Jesus under good works that we should walk therein. Taking paths that he has foreordained from before the foundation of the world. That we should live the good life. And so just because you ain't seen something that you should have seen, his mercy's there for you, and he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He'll work with you. He will never forsake the work of his hands. And he who's begun a good work in you, he's going to complete it. Are you getting this? He's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want to get into this negativity that we haven't seen things we should have seen because we've seen a whole lot that we should have seen. And we've done a whole lot that we should have done. But I believe that God's reserving some things for the last of the last days that he wants us to see so clearly. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so... His mercy endures forever. (laughs) It's for physical blindness. And it can even be for spiritual blindness. Look at Isaiah 55, verse 7. Isaiah 55, verse 7. You still tracking? Isaiah, the 55th chapter, the, the 7th verse, says this. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Now, how many of you know that when you're in Christ, you're not wicked? How many of you know when you're in Christ, you're not unrighteous? When you're in Christ, you are the righteousness, come on, of God in Christ Jesus. But let's New Testamentize this verse just for a moment. Have any of you ever had a twisted thought? That's what the word wicked means. It means wicked. You're not wicked, but from times we've had some twisted thinking. Anybody ever had an unrighteous thought? Well, it says, just return to the Lord. (laughs) Come on. And he will have mercy upon us and to our God for what will he do? He will abundantly pardon because he says, now, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Somebody says, yeah, I know, but I can't tap into them. You're wrong. You have 66 books of the thoughts of God. And you have the Holy Spirit to unveil and to reveal his thoughts to you that are in the word and his thoughts that are in the eternal purposes of God for your life. Amen? So returning to the Lord. Now, I saw this as well, that his mercy should be activated in our lives. Activate his mercy. Before we get into that, let's look at Psalms 9, verse 13. Psalms 9, verse 13. Just a 
little general Bible study on the mercy of God. Thank you for your mercy. I believe somebody's tapping into it right now. Somebody's tapping into the exceeding riches of his mercy for mistakes that they've made. For some things they haven't seen. Hallelujah. You know, if this message is just for one person, it's worth it. In Psalms 9 and verse 13, it says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble. Anybody ever faced any trouble? Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. How many of you know that a lot of unrighteous people don't like righteous people? They hated him. They may just hate you. But he says, have mercy upon me. Thou that lifts me up from the gates of death. And so there, there is a lifting by his mercy in a time of trouble. Now turn to Psalm 31, verse 7. Psalm 31 and verse 7 says this. I will be glad. So you've got to get your will involved in this. I will be glad and rejoice in what? Even though people may hate me, even though trouble may be all around me, I'm going to make the choice to rejoice. Because your mercy endures forever. Because you consider my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversities. So there is a, there is a absolute uh, breakthrough when you are rejoicing in his mercy in the midst of trouble. Turn to James 5 and verse 11. We got any rejoices in the house tonight? Yeah. Woo, glory. You know something? You can rejoice in your own home. You can rejoice in your car on the way home tonight. Paul said rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Somebody says, well, I've lost my joy. Rejoice. Amen? And we learned that Sunday night, one way to rejoice is to lift up your voice. Lift up your voice in the morning and rejoice. Lift up your voice and declare what the Word says. Amen. Praise Him. Do a little dance. Do what you got to do. But for heaven's sake, get out of bed and start rejoicing. Amen. James 5 verse 11. The book of James. James is right after Hebrews, isn't it? I remember Dad Hagen says, I don't know anything about Hebrews homebrew or any other kind of brew. Verse 11, he says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen that the end of the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Job experienced some difficult times, man. But at the end, Job got twice as much. And it was because of the mercy of of God. You may be going through something very difficult right now, but I want to emphasize that you're going to make it through. You're going to make it to the other side. And at the end, you're going to see the mercy of the Lord show up strong on your behalf. And breakthrough time is coming. So then we must activate His mercy. Draw from his mercy. Here's what the Spirit of the Lord said to me this afternoon. 
Draw from my mercy. I'm full of mercy. And my Father is the Father of mercies. Draw from my mercy. Draw from it. Draw from my mercy. I'm full of mercy. The Lord is compassionate and full of mercy. And then he said, and my father, he just happens to be the father of mercies. Plural. Not just healing mercy, not just forgiving mercy, but I believe there's provisional mercy. Anybody ever made any mistakes with a credit card before? I thought I'd get a little reaction there. Anybody ever made some just es muy estupido? Mistakes? <laughs> Where money is concerned, though? I'll raise some hands here. If I had three, I'd raise all three in younger years. But you know, there's mercy for your mistakes. There's mercy. There's mercy. Now just start by taking the scissors and cutting that card to shreds. Hallelujah. There's provisional mercy. Don't live in the past. Today's a new day. Say with me, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is a new day. This is a great day. This is a day of increase. I'm in my wealthy place. He's my gold and he's my silver. I'm seeking him. I'm leaning on his grace. I'm trusting in his mercy. And his mercy will see me through. Now, I, I looked this word draw up because that seemed to be something that was really strong that the Lord wanted to emphasize. Draw from my mercy. I looked that word up. The word, one of the definitions to draw means to inhale just like you would take air into your lungs. Draw. Anybody ever been in a, in a stuffy room before? And been in meetings all day. My office gets real stuffy. And if we don't have air blowing in the office, by the end of the day, we're all kind of looking at each other and saying, what was your name? (laughs) What what, what were we talking about? Somebody help the boy, you know. But, oh, man, just to step outside. Maybe you've worked out in a gym before. I, I don't like going to gyms that are warm and hot. Germs are warm and hot, and heat is a breeding ground for germs on treadmills. That's why I bring my wipes with me. <laughs> but I don't, I don't like working up a sweat when it's about 75 degrees. That's why a good gym will keep nice, cool air blowing. Circulating. Circulating. Thank you very much. Air's got to circulate, yes. It gets there. <laughs> but oh, to step outside and just 
Ah, you're drawing in. His mercy is everywhere. His presence is everywhere. And we don't draw his mercy in through our lungs, but we draw his mercy into our lives by having faith in his love and faith in his mercy. And we just say, yes, Lord, I draw it. I believe it. It's mine. I receive it. Draw from his mercy. And then declare his mercy. Declare his mercy. You want to activate his mercy? You've got to talk about it. You activate strength by letting the weak say, I am. Here's a great confession for you. You ready? Psalm 23. Every day of your life, say it with me. Surely goodness. Surely goodness. And mercy. They're following me. They're following me. All the days. All the days. Every day of my life. His goodness and His mercy. They're following me. That's a whole lot better than saying, surely doom and despair is following me. Surely I can never get a break. Surely that person just lost their job, I'll lose my job. We've got to get rid of that kind of talk and draw in the mercy of God by making a daily declaration of His Mercy. And then another way to activate the mercy of God is just be thankful. If you look at Psalms 107 and you look at Psalms 136, you'll see over and over again where it says these words. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Who brought them through the Red Sea. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Who rained manna and quail down from the heaven. For his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Thank him. Praise him. Activate it. By being thankful. And then another way to activate his mercy is simply Trust in his mercy. Psalms 13 verse 5. Let's look at that quickly. Psalms 13 verse 5. Thank you, Lord. Brenda and I kind of have an inside joke going tonight. I didn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) Psalms 13 5. Hallelujah. You're a little shenanigan worker there. Psalms 13:5 But I've trusted in thy mercy. Yes, thank you, Lord. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Have you notice the connection in the word of God through between trust and rejoicing? When you really trust him, you can certainly rejoice in his salvation. Activate it by trusting in his mercy. And then another way to activate it is to hope in his mercy. Turn to Psalm 33 verse 18 Psalms 33 verse 18 and Pastor Tom if you'd make your way to the piano that would be awesome Psalms 33 verse 18 says behold the eye of the Lord is upon them that what fear him upon them that do what hope in his mercy hope really is a confident 
favorable expectation. In other words, when you're a hopeful person, you're not just wishing and hoping. No, you have a confident, favorable expectation that your future is bright because his mercy is enduring forever in your life. So if you want to activate and keep this mercy active in your life, hope in it. Expect his mercy to show up in every area of your life. And of course, fearing the Lord is another way to activate. And then in closing, turn to Psalms 89, verse 1. Psalms 89, verse 1. And that's what we're going to do right now. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet. We've had some good word tonight. Psalm 89, verse 1. Hallelujah. I will sing. It's another way to activate the mercy of God. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known thy what? I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. So singing and trusting and fearing him and hoping in him and drawing his mercy to yourself will activate his mercy. And I just know that his mercy will follow you all the days of your life.